Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. So good to have you here with us today for episode 356, where we're going to be chatting with a friend of the program, Mr. Jordan Harbinger. Now, uh, Jordan, you may recognize the name. He's the host of the Jordan Harbinger Show, and uh, he's been on the show a few times here. He is a true master whenever it comes to networking. He's got a ton of industry experience and a passion for helping others create opportunity through networking. And so in our conversation today, he's going to unpack why some are actually better than others at this skill how much time you should be investing in building relationships, and even what it looks like to network virtually versus in person. Jordan's also going to share some networking strategies and explain how he lands speaking gigs without marketing, but by focusing on networking. So you're going to want to make sure you stick around for that. Jordan's expertise and actionable steps really underscore the value of building and maintaining a strong network. So I promise you there is something for everyone in this episode. So uh, let's get right into it. Here's my conversation on networking to build your speaking business with Jordan Harbinger. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Bolden here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Today, we are joined by the host of the Jordan Harbinger show, Mr. Jordan Harbinger himself, a uh, repeat guest on the show and a uh, friend of the program. Good to have you back, man. How are you today? Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate the opportunity. So uh, you are someone that, uh, as long as I've known you, you've always kind of been in the, you are incredibly well-networked, you're a relationship guy. And uh, one of the things I've, I've noticed in speaking world and just in business in general is that, that business flows out of relationships and relationships take time. So uh, I'm curious for you, like where, where's this fascination in relationships come from in networking? Because this is one of those things that most people feel like they're not good at or intimidated by or don't want to do. So well, where, where's this, this interest in it come from for you? Yeah, I think for me, you know, when I was I was young, I was an only child. I, I still am, I guess. <laughs> um, and I was just like always kind of bored and lonely. And I noticed that some people were, you know, as you, as you do when you're younger, you notice that some people are popular. And then as I got older, I noticed that some people were still not just popular, but like had a lot of opportunities. And those opportunities seemed to come through friends and connections in in school and then I, I as i went to law school i was like oh man a lot of the kids that are in this school their parents like own law firms or they ha have family in the government and i was like i'm never gonna have those connections therefore my life will probably always be limited and then i was like well how do you get connections you know do you do you go to a fancy boarding school because your parents have money and then that's like the only way? I'm like, that just can't be right because only a minority of those people go to those schools. It's not like nobody else has any connections. So like there's got to be some other sort of X factor that people have uh, where they make connections. And I started to sort of pay attention to that as a young adult or as an, as an adult, like as in my 20s, my early 20s. 
and it turned out to be a thing that you can learn. And I didn't really necessarily expect that, but it, it shouldn't come as a surprise. I think a lot of people, you know, when I used, first started teaching networking stuff as well, people would say, oh, you're either born with it or you're not. And I used to argue with them. And now I realize, like, that's just a really convenient excuse for you to not get any better better at this, right? It's like being a speaker. Like, oh, you're, you either are born knowing how to give a keynote or not. And it's like, that is such a load of crap, but it's really convenient for people who have stage fright and are like, I'm never going to address this problem. Right, right. Do you think that there's any truth to that, though, that, that there are people that are just naturally better with other other people and meeting people and interacting with people and engaging with others than than some people maybe? Yeah, there definitely is something to that. But it it's like not the defining factor. It's not like the it's not that it's it's not the biggest weight uh, on the scale. So a lot of people go, oh, I can never do that because, you know, like my cousin, she's so outgoing or my sister, she, she's so outgoing. Great. But also, you know, them being outgoing is not necessarily the reason. One of the reasons is she's outgoing. So she joined a bunch of sports teams to see what she would like. And then to realize she didn't like the sports teams, but she liked meeting with everybody. So she joined a club and then she started another club for another thing. And then she decided to be the leader of that club. Like there's a lot of decisions and choices in there that are not, oh, she was born more talkative. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe those things come easier for somebody like that, but that's, that's it. That's like somebody who's not very physically strong or physically fast saying, it's impossible for me to get better at this because somebody else was born stronger or faster than me. It's like, well, no, we know that that's not true. And so somebody would never kind of like join a track team or a weightlifting team or a football team and go, it's impossible for me to get any better at this skill. And yet when it comes to social skills and networking and relationship development, people tend to think, oh, well, I, I'm, I've am i always been this way, so I'm never going to be any different. And it's like, well, okay, if you're fat, can you lose weight? If you're skinny, can you gain it? Yes. Sometimes it happens without us even wanting it to happen. Right. So why would it be any different with a, like a skill? You know, you can learn and teach any other skill. Why is this not a skill? So <clears throat> believing, realizing and believing that this is a learnable, teachable skill set is kind of like the first step. You know. how, much, how much of it is like the actual tactical and we'll, we'll dig into some of that of like, here's the things, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this in terms of building relationships. And then how much it is kind of what you just touched on is just getting over the mindset of uh, I, it's kind of like that old, you know, SNL sketch of like standing in the mirror and telling yourself you're good enough. You're smart enough. People like me, people want to be my friend. Like how much Dog of it is just like, like me, yeah, yeah, like how much it's just like getting through your head. Like, no, 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 like I'm bringing something to the table and it's not just uh, um, the, I have nothing to offer here. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot to that. You know, there's a lot of people that will say something like, well, I, I can't just believe my way into this. And there's truth to that as well, right? But, but once you start to realize that creating and maintaining relationships is like a set of very sort of easy to, easy to implement systems, drills, exercises, whatever you want to call it, it becomes less overwhelming. And a lot of people, they think like, well, I can't dedicate tons of time to this. I have kids. I've, and there's all these, there's like a litany of excuses. But really the truth is that if you dedicate like five minutes a day to reaching out to other people and staying in touch, you'll be totally fine. You don't need to be the life of the party. You don't have to have the gift of gab and be naturally charismatic and outgoing. You just don't need that. And so the idea that the only people who can network well or create relationships are like these people who dance on tables and like know how to, I don't even know, give a keynote or r start a club and run it and are the head of the PTA. Like those, that's, that's the most visible example. 
just as those of us that know how to sell, for example, we know that there's all kinds of selling and there's all kinds of salespeople. But if you ask somebody who doesn't know how to sell, they look at salespeople and they just go, oh, well, it must be like the used car salesman who made me feel really gross that one time when I was a teenager. I hate salesmen. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, you're being sold all the time. You just don't notice it because the person's not a scumbag who's lying to your face. Right. You know, so when you know how to create and maintain relationships in a way that's not just going to a mixer and then getting up on stage and giving a keynote and then glad handing around the room. That's not what networking and relationship development really is. That's what, that's what a cartoon version of that is when you don't know what the reality of the situation is. Just like you ever, you ever hear, this is kind of maybe a little bit uh, off. uh, This might rub people the wrong way, but oh, well, it's your show. Um, I don't have to pay the consequences to this. You know, you ever hear like poor people talk about what they think wealthy people are like, and it's just totally ridiculous. You ever hear like, like, have you ever heard this before? Like, oh, rich people, they just ride around in their limos and like they have bodyguards everywhere and they only eat foie gras and everything is organic and they have chefs that live in their house. And it's like, okay, you're thinking of like an aging billionaire. There's 99% of rich people who have even like 10 or $20 million in net worth or even thir- they're, they're nothing like this. Right. They drive their own cars. You know, it's like this sort of thing that I noticed when I was younger. And I, I noticed a lot of people, a lot of the kids and adults for that matter, that I was around. They had all these weird stereotypes of people of different races, people who had different amounts of money, people who grew up differently. And it's very natural, but they never really knew the reality of the situation was more nuanced. And that's what I think it's like with relationship development and networking. It's like, you really only know what you have, what you've seen because it's the most visible example until you know what you're looking for. And once you start knowing what you're looking for with other people who are successful in any area, you start to see their nuanced habits and, uh, and the things that they do that make them successful. And so like one of the ways that I started to realize that networking was really, really simple and, and possible for anyone to do was I started to teach myself to be less shy. And one of the ways that I did that was I was going out to bars a lot. And this is like, I was like 22 or 23. And this older couple started to talk to me at the bar that I was at. I was like eating dinner um, early in the evening. And they'd seen me there before and they were like, oh, you know, I see you here all the time. You're quite the young man about town. They were older couple. And I started talking with them and they were really nice. They bought me a drink. And I'd see them there again, and they would chat me up again, and I was on a first-name basis with them. And they were like, hey, you know, why don't you come out on our boat? We're going out on our boat this weekend. And I was like, oh, that's that's an interesting, bold move. And I was like, sure. So I went out on their boat, and it wasn't a yacht, you know? It was just a normal, like, kind of little sailboat. And she's cutting up watermelon or something, and she's like, you know, tell me what your goals are. And I was like, oh, I have this, like, surrogate kind of, like, parent figures in Ann Arbor. Like, this is so nice. And I found out how the guy made his money, you know, because I go, hey, you know, you have a really nice boat. Like, what do you guys do? You never seem to, you're always home early from work. You know, you're always at this restaurant. Oh, I have a lot of real estate in the area. Oh, okay. Yeah, he used to be an attorney, whatever. And then his wife was like some former royalty from the province of Kashmir in uh, India or Pakistan, depending on who you ask. And they were just like, very well connected, right? She would go, hey, come to this fundraiser that I'm having for the hospital. And I'd go, "Uh, okay. And I'd show up and it'd be like this super fancy $2,000 a plate dinner. And I'm like, oh, and I'm just shoveling food into my face. And the guy across from me is like the chief resident, sorry, the chief of surgery 
at uh, U of M Hospital. And then the person on the right is like the dean of admissions to the law school. And she's like, talk to him. You know, this is your, this guy's a big deal in your industry. And I was like, oh, yeah, I already know him from, from going to school here. And, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, get a, get more better acquainted, acquainted. Don't just be a student, you know, be up here. And I was like, oh, that's, an, that's good advice. So I started to just really pay attention to what these people were doing. And it wasn't complicated at all. Like, she didn't pay for this dinner. She arranged it. They gave her a budget, and she booked a reservation in a private room at a restaurant and hired a chef. Like, it was really not that complicated for her to do this. And the guy was kind of along for the ride, and they just made sure to f- make people feel included, and they, they would send you know call people or email people and invite them to things. That was it. And it wasn't like they weren't busting their butts or sweating this out. They were really just using, like, systems that they seemed to be very familiar with and they knew everyone and anytime I ever had any issue I was like hey do you know anyone that does this and she'd be like oh yeah I know the person who like owns that whole company let me reach out and get you the to handle this problem for you and I just thought this is an amazing power that this woman who doesn't even have quote-unquote doesn't even have a day job has she knew so many people that she could get anything done and I was like I need I need this but I wasn't born as royalty in Kashmir and she's like are you kidding me I was a refugee when I came to this country you know I'm not I didn't come here on my dad's jet. We don't have that. It's not. I'm not that kind of princess, is what she said. So, so I'm curious. I'm curious of like for for speakers, especially whenever it comes to uh, relationship development and networking. Well, why does this even matter? Because it seems like so much of our energy and effort is focused on uh, our marketing materials, having a good website, having a good demo video, on, on working on our speech, working on the craft of speaking, on delivering a good presentation and talk. Where does relationship development and networking fit into that? Yeah. So there's a couple ways. One. Networking is probably the best marketing that you can do because if you if you are relying on your website and things like that to do marketing, that's fine. The problem is that you are now competing with everybody else's website and everything that everyone else does. Great. So how like it's like just how good is this website that you're talking about where it's going to beat out other people who sold more books or like who are taller than you and better looking or like, you know, are more charismatic or funny like that's. Now you're talking about what your sales, you're tweaking your sales copy. I mean, it, it it's kind of like you're just sort of filing down. You're putting too fine a point on things. You know, you're, you're honing that 1% when you're ignoring the other 80% plus that's kind of in there getting you the job. So having a great network and great opportunities keeps you top of mind for a lot of people. Like I get speaking gigs falling into my lap without marketing and I get a lot of deals thrown into my lap without marketing because I'm keeping in touch with hundreds or even thousands of people every year. And they go into their sales meeting or their annual meeting about planning their event. And they're thinking of me because I texted them a few weeks ago or they come out and they go, oh man, I got to find somebody interesting for this this thing that I've got to do. Who do I know that knows everyone? Oh, Jordan Harbinger. Let me see who's on his mind. And now I'm giving other people speaking gigs or giving other people consulting gigs or getting people I know that run website companies, website design gigs. So you become the go-to connector for a lot of people, which puts you in the middle of a lot of transactions. Hey, Jordan, do you know anyone who wants to invest in this company? Well, me and also some big money guys that I know. Great, you're in. And it's not like, they might even say, oh, we're only taking $2 million and up for this sort of thing. And they'll go, but for you, obviously, we'll make an exception because you're making, you're bringing people in. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, great. So I can invest like, you know, what I can afford and I can bring in the money guys and I still get in to this deal. Or, hey, we're doing a speaking thing. Um, we're looking for like an all-star, super big name. Can you get a hold of so-and-so? Yes, 
also, okay, do you want to open for him? Here's our budget for the opener. It's a, as a thank you for hooking it up, not because you know, of my amazing skills in this area. They were just like, hey, as a favor, we're going to like pay you a finder's fee or we're going to pay you to come to the event too and speak as the opener because you did this favor for us. So I'm always getting things like that. And people are like, you're the luckiest guy around. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I'm kind of increasing my surface area for the luck that I'm having by being the go-to connector. And also by not just taking the incoming requests, which is what like websites and marketing do, but by handling a lot of outgoing. Because it, for every one person that comes to me and says, do you know anyone that does X? I'm reaching out to 10 people and being like, hey, just got a request for X, you know, can you help? Or just got a request for this, do you want this client? Hey, just got a request for this, do you want the speaking gig? So I'm actually in charge of a lot of outgoing too, right? So that kind of makes me, one, a super connector, but two, the go-to for people that need something and also the go-to to be on uh, my my uh, my good boy list, as it were, because you want to be around when I'm thinking about who's going to get what money for what gig or what, you know, throw a gig to your company or throw a contract to your, your consulting firm. Like, you want that from me. And that's great because... I'm based, most of the time I'm not doing this quid pro quo. I'm doing this because I like helping other people. And so I'm giving without the expectation of getting anything in return or without the attachment to getting anything in return. And the way that that, the reason that that's good is because I, there's no bitterness. If nothing comes back to me, if I don't get my beak wet, so as, as some of my mafia guy uh, buddies, you know, would say they got to get their beak wet. I don't really worry about that. You know, sometimes in most of the time it happens, it doesn't necessarily happen right away. But if you give, if you ABG instead of ABC, right? ABC always be closing, ABG always be giving or always be generous. If you ABG instead of ABC, you are in a much better position to have things come back to you and you can seek out a lot of opportunities or you can, I should say, you can receive a lot of opportunities that most people would never see. Because if you are constantly trying to get what's in it for you, if I'm talking to you and I don't see anything directly in it for me, I might get bored, cut off the interaction, stop replying to your email. But if I'm ABG, then I don't care what's in it for me. I will just help you and help whoever else is in the interaction as much as I can. And then when that happens, uh, I'm able to get a something three months a year later that comes back to me you know so i see i call this opportunities over the horizon right if i'm looking at what's in it for me what's directly in front of me often the answer is nothing but if i'm just open to helping you no matter what and then a month later you're like man i really owe that guy big he really helped me find a new job now i'm i'm able to help or be helped by pretty much anyone and I, I have much more surface area for luck. The other thing that having a big network does is it's it's like an insurance policy that you can't buy. So if you ever have a problem that you don't know about how you can solve it or your business runs into something or you, you end up with a bankruptcy or a big hiccup or your you know in your industry burns to the ground because of changes in technology, you have this huge network of people that you can reach out to that will help you uh and you can't really buy that, right? You can't really purchase any sort of policy that would help you with that. And when I had to restart the Jordan Harbinger show from my previous show, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, what do I do now? How am I going to start over? And I reached out to a few hundred people and they were like, oh, let me email this to my whole list. Let me put this on my social media. Let me tell everyone where your new show is. Let me, you know, help you do this and that and the other thing. So I had like a free website that got designed the week that my new business started. I had people helping me with the paperwork. I had people helping me promote. So I was able to start off with a bang. I would have needed like a million plus dollars to buy all of that promotion 
that I got from texting and calling friends of mine after that happened. So you have two major benefits of networking are, you know, you increase your surface area for luck, but also you have that insurance policy that money could never buy. Hey friends, do you know the five steps to book more gigs and get paid as a speaker? Well, if not, listen up because these same five steps that help me to grow a seven-figure speaking career are all laid out in great detail in my latest book, The Successful Speaker. Five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, and building your platform. Whether you want to speak as a side hustle or your dream is to become a full-time professional speaker, I know what it takes. I share all of that with you in this definitive step-by-step roadmap. Let me be your guide. Learn from my mistakes. Get paid what you know you're worth to share your unique message on stage. If you want to read the first chapter for free or just check out the book, go to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash book. Check out your copy of The Successful Speaker. So one of the things you, you touched on there is that kind of example of the the difference between always be closing and always be giving. And so you're, you're looking to help people, even though you, you, there's not necessarily a direct return on that right away, and there right. may or may not ever come back to, to be something for you. Uh, so how do you kind of balance that with just your own bandwidth of going like, I, I like to meet people, I like to connect with people, uh, and some that like, yeah, I could see how I can connect the dots down the line. This may lead to something, this may not. Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, I don't see this going anywhere. And, and yet, uh, I, I want to help people, but at the same time, I have my own, you know, kind of boundaries and restrictions. And so how do you, how do you balance that? Yeah. So where most people kind of get this wrong is they go, Oh, well, I don't have time to do that. I got to, I'm building my own business and I have two kids and I, I get that. But the thing is when I'm talking about helping people, I'm not talking about like, if you're a graphic designer and someone else is like, I need graphics. I'm not like, let me spend my entire weekend making graphics for you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like introducing people to one another inside your network. So if someone's like, hey, Jordan, do you know a web guy? I'm like, yes, I have a great web guy. They're amazing. They're affordable. You know, I I love working with them. So I throw them a client and that's it. I just make an email introduction. I'm like, you know, take me out of the chain now that you guys are together. It takes me like five minutes to do this. It doesn't take me like an hour or five hours to do this. And I think a lot of people get this wrong. They go, I can't help other people. I don't have time. You do have time. You spend a lot of time on Instagram. You know, this is the same amount of time that you really need in order to connect people, to connect nodes in your network one to another. I can I can help five people a day without even, you know, before my coffee's even brewed. You know, it, it's it's really not a thing. I think a lot of people overthink this and they go, oh, well, if I'm a lawyer, helping people means like looking at their contracts pro bono. No, that's ridiculous. It means introducing somebody who needs legal help to a competent attorney that specializes in what they need. It doesn't mean doing things for free. It doesn't mean, you know, I'm making websites for people now. It means I'm introducing them to somebody who does. That's the value add. You know, you're the Rolodex, you're the human networking machine, you're the human CRM, whatever it is. You're curating the network and making those connections. You're not sitting there and doing legwork for somebody. You know, you're not running the bake sale. So to speak. And so a lot of people, they'll say, oh, I don't have time. I have three kids in a business. I would say those are the people that should be doing this the most. You know, this is pretty much infinitely scalable. And people say, well, even if I make, look at it this way. If you're making 10 introductions a week, it's taking almost no time. If for some reason you were able to get up to making 100 introductions a week, I don't know anybody that's doing that, but let's say that you are, you're probably so insanely successful that you have an assistant that can do all that for you anyways. Right. Like, and this is how a lot of these super high end people like these sort of billionaire class folks operate. 
they're always introducing people to one another. Uh, and I've been on the receiving end of this. And, you know, I like had, I probably shouldn't mention names, but I've had like billionaires introduce the, them, uh, their friends to me, other billionaire friends to me. And it's like an email directly from one to the other. Hey, Jordan's a really great dude. His podcast is a lot of fun. You should check it out. And the other person replies in like five minutes. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's pretty scalable. And if it weren't, then you wouldn't see people who own their own fleet of jets doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, all that, it sounds nice. I think one of the things if, to play devil's advocate here is um, I feel like you and I, we have, uh, I think we have a, a strong Rolodex. We have good connections. We uh, know a lot of people, um, good friends with a lot of people. And that sound, and, and there's plenty of people that we look at who are steps ahead of us who are even more connected and all the people. And it's easy to look at that and just think, well, like, yeah, that's, that's great. But like, there, if we go back in time, there was a certainly a time where the Rolodex was non-existent. Empty, and so, yeah. yeah. So how do you get started to start to build some of that Rolodex, to build some of those relationships, to build some of those networks, either with other speakers, with other entrepreneurs, with other authors, with just other people that, yeah, maybe you are trying, you're just trying to build some of those relationships that may or may not mean anything at the moment, but may over time. And you're just planting some of those seeds. So how do you, how do you start to do that? Yeah, so what I would do is, for most people who are like, oh my God, where do I begin? I don't even know. I would say, do this exercise. It's called Layoff Lifelines, and it's from, I have a free course on networking. I don't know if we can plug it at the end or something like that, but um, the first thing that I would do for people to sort of kick the rust off is make a list of the 10 or 15 or so people that you would contact if your business went under tomorrow or if you got laid off tomorrow, I call it layoff lifelines, right? You get laid off, who are the dozen or so people you'd contact tomorrow to get their advice on what to do next? Usually these are important but dormant ties, right? This is like your old boss, uh, a neighbor that was a successful entrepreneur that you knew growing up, uh, a guidance counselor in college that helped you out a lot, a couple of entrepreneur buddies that you haven't talked to since 2017 when you were last at some conference thing, whatever. Make that list and then reach out to those people now while you don't have an agenda and you don't need anything. Because a lot of the time people are, so this is less awkward because there's no agenda other than reconnecting. Yeah. But also it gets momentum. It ends the cycle of procrastination um, because a lot of people are like, oh, I'll do it later. And then they never do, but then they do get laid off or their business hits a, a an iceberg and they're like, oh, now I've got to reach out to people. And that's when you get these super cringe interactions that are like, hey, Grant, what's up? Long time no see. And you're like, oh, hey, Jordan, what's going on? And I'm like, so um, do you know anyone who's hiring? Because I right. like I ran into it and you're like, oh, OK, this is what this was about. Uh, I feel bad for you, son, but not, nothing comes to mind. Good luck, man. It, you know, but if I reach out to you now. And you're like, huh, What? wonder what Jordan wants. And I'm like, how are the kids? How's the family? How's business? Great, cool. Hey, do you know so-and-so got uh, had a kid? No, I didn't know. Yeah, you should give him a call. Anyway, nice catching up. Bye. And then I do that again six months later. And then I do that again six months later. And then in two years, I get laid off. And I'm like, Grant, I got laid off. Do you know anyone, you know anyone who's hiring? You're like, oh my God, I want to help my friend. You're not like, oh, he was buttering me up for two years. Right. right. right <laughs> to right. make this ask like it's that's not how it is. So do it now and kick the rust off and build that momentum. And when people do this, they're often like, oh, it took me three weeks to do this, but I finally sucked it up and did it. And then they get like 12 responses of people that are happy to hear from them that they haven't talked to in forever. And they're like, huh. All right. Let me make a list of 10 more. And then they're doing it like every week. And then they're reaching out to people all the time. And they're like, oh, this is fun. Everyone's happy to hear from me. I'm not asking anyone for anything. I've helped five of my college buddies 
find new jobs or move to Los Angeles and relocate. And I helped another friend of mine get a contract reviewed by an attorney that's competent. It's like they they start to enjoy this. And then people are like, hey, how can I help you? And they're like, oh, my God, I haven't thought about this. You know, and the answer is it doesn't matter. You know, you, you don't need to have something that you can get from these people. A lot of times being of value to people is the reward in itself. And as you do this with systems, you know, a lot of people go, I do this already. And I'm like, oh, really? And then I start asking questions. I'm like, how often do you introduce someone? Oh, I, I just feel like I just did this. Uh, yeah, it was like a month ago. Okay, cool. So if you did this every week once, you would have done this 16 times or whatever since you actually last did it. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, or at least five times. Because everyone will go, oh, I do this already. And I go, really? Okay, interesting. And you start asking about frequency and how they know to do it and the reminders and the systems they have. And you find out that they, they did it like once in 2019 and they haven't done it since. Right, right. And uh, another drill that I have is I, I go into my phone, I open the text messaging app and I scroll all the way to the bottom. And, and I do this every day. And there's usually a bunch of dead threads down there like guys I met for lunch in 2017 at some financial conference that I was speaking at, you know. And I'll, re I'll be like, oh, hey, what's going on, man? You've been on the back end of the, these texts where I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? It's been a minute. I haven't talked to you for a while. And that's because at the bottom of your text, that's all those like old threads, those like old dead ones. And you skip your ex-girlfriend or whatever, or, like the guy that stole money from your restaurant or, you know, you skip those people. But you move and you reactivate these folks. I call it Connect Four. And you just say like, hey, it's been a long time. What are you up to? Here's a picture of my kid. By the way, my wife's pregnant. You know, gr good things in the pipe. What's new with you? You'll get people responding to you quite frequently that are, again, glad to hear from you. And since you're not asking them for anything, you're just sort of keeping the plate spinning. You know, you're keeping top of mind for them. They're top of mind for you. You find out what they're up to lately. You, you get a chance to help them. They might be going, oh, you know, I'm thinking about moving to Austin. Oh, I know a ton of people that have recently moved there. You, you know, let me connect you to a few of them so you have friends when you arrive. That's it. And this is so scalable. It's so easy. It's so repeatable that if you're if you do this like 80 times a month, right, connect four, or you're doing it during the week, that's 80 times a month. Let's say that only half the people respond. Okay, so you've just helped 40 people a month. Usually when I ask people who think they already do this stuff, they haven't done, they haven't done it 40 times in their entire life. Right. They haven't done it 40 times since, since the 90s, you know? And so it's the systems that make this really good because if you help five people and none of them help you back, you think people are ungrateful. But if you help 100 people and 90 of them never help you back, but 10 do, you go like, man, people are so nice because it's so easy, it's so scalable that it doesn't cost you anything, right? It literally costs you the time you're wasting checking your Instagram and scrolling like cat pictures. Yeah. You know, this is just it's such a high, much more of a high leverage activity than most people ever do. What's the, how do you think about the balance between relationship building online versus offline? Cause I think for example, you know, relationships form quicker in person. And so I think about like you and I, like we've known each other for, I don't know, six, seven, eight years or so. Mm -hmm. And we have hung out in person a couple of times at conferences or events or have several mutual friends. And so that changes the dynamic of the relationship. So it when does. you and I text every you know six months or whatever, Hey man, what's up? How's things going for you? Let's catch up for a second. Um, which again, I would echo, you are very, very good at. And, and I think I, I, I've learned a lot from you and I think I've become better. Like I'll do exactly what you described of just scrolling through my phone and going through like, just touching base with people. I don't need anything. Just just saying, hey, uh, I don't see anything even on the horizon that I need. I'm just checking in and continuing that that relationship and keeping it warm. Uh, and so how do you think about doing that online 
you know, or whether that's through DMs or through a text or whatever, versus the importance of getting together in person. And especially now as we're, you know, we're, we're coming out of a pandemic, it's more and more, it's, it's more and more acceptable and easier to get together with people. How often are you thinking about conferences that you're going to, cities that you're visiting, meetups that you're attending uh, to keep some of those plates spinning, but also start new plates with new relationships? Yeah, I mean, look, I love networking in person. I would say you have to do it in groups, though. A lot of people will go, uh, first of all, a lot of people use this as an excuse. They'll go, oh, I don't use your Connect4 drill or I don't use the six-minute networking course that I offer, the free thing that I offer um, on jordanharbinger.com. Like, oh, I don't use that because I do my networking in person and I go, oh, how's that going for you lately? Oh, well, we're in a pandemic. And I go, so instead of doing this totally adaptable, flexible, scalable way, you just decided that since you can't do it the perfect way that you're used to doing it, you're just not gonna do it at all. And they're like, well, when you put it that way. So I would say, yeah, network in person, that's great. But let's be realistic. You're probably not at a conference every single week. So instead of just deciding that you're not going to do it, do it this way too. And then, yeah, go to like four conferences a year or two or whatever you go to for your industry. But don't relegate your networking to that because I've noticed that people I talk to, that I'm texting, that I'm networking with virtually, when I go to those conferences, it's like, oh, hey, world friends. If you're just seeing those people once a year, my relationship with them is going to be much stronger than yours. And if they have an opportunity that they want to throw to somebody, they're not going to throw it to the guy they see once a year. They're going to throw it to the guy that they talk to every quarter. It's just really clear. And so you need to be doing this in a scalable way, even if you do love networking in person, which again, I recommend people do. But if you're not going to a conference every single week, which you probably aren't, then you need to be doing this so so virtually, so to speak as well. Otherwise you're just missing all of these other opportunities that, that come your way. There, there are people that throw me opportunities in business that I've literally never met in real life. And I'm like, well, I don't know when that'll happen because they live in Australia or New Zealand, but I'd consider them friends. And if they were like, Hey, I'm going to be in your area, I would let them stay in my house. Right? Like that's how close we are. And I've thrown them business and they've thrown me favors or, or other business but it's all virtual. So if you're just kind of like, oh, I don't do this, I do everything in person, it sort of doesn't really, it just sounds to me like kind of an excuse. And so yes, networking in person is great. It's not a replacement for doing it virtually, just as doing it virtually is not a replacement for doing it in person. Yeah, very true, very well said. This is so important for uh, for speakers everywhere. Again, at any level is continuing to build those relationships. And even kind of one of the things you alluded to, is I found some some of my closest friends are people that I've I've met online, and some of them I maybe I haven't even met in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those relationships can absolutely form and be built uh, in an online and be further enhanced with a meeting in person. So, uh, yeah. Jordan, I have pl- plenty more we could talk about. I want to be respectful of time. So, uh, if people want to find out more about you, what you're up to, where can we go? Sure, the Jordan Harbinger Show is where I do less talking and more interviewing and listening uh, to other people who are amazing. So the Jordan Harbinger Show is a podcast. You can find it in anywhere you find your podcasts. And the course with all the drills and things that I mentioned, I have like 13 drills. I think I talked about like two of them here. JordanHarbinger.com slash course is a Jordan Harbinger with a B dot uh, com slash course. It's free. I don't need your credit card. I don't upsell. It's just free. I, I developed the course for... Um, intelligence agencies, law enforcement, and some other organizations. So I just decided to like make an online version that's free for everyone. So very cool. Awesome, man. We appreciate you sharing that. We appreciate the time. Yeah. Thank you very much, man.
All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.